Hello and welcome to another SPAC Insider podcast, where we bring an independent eye in interviewing the targets of SPAC transactions and their SPAC partners. Visions of a self-sufficient energy future with solar panels on every household roof have been around for decades. But it may take companies able to bring the full package of design, construction, and financing to get more homeowners on board. I'm Nick Clayton, and this week my colleague Melina Haddad and I speak with Complete Solaria CEO Will Anderson. Complete Solaria is the merger of two peer residential solar companies, Complete Solar and Solaria, that together announced a business combination with Freedom Acquisition One Corp in October. Will describes how the combined company will be poised to more efficiently cover existing white space in the U.S. market, while Freedom One CEO Adam Gishin joins to discuss how the complex deal came together and why it stood out as the SPAC's best opportunity in the current market. Take a listen. So just right off the bat, you know, this is a deal that in many ways is kind of like three deals in one, and then it's both a consolidation of peers and a SPAC transaction, which obviously then leads into the public listing. And so just as a question for both sides, what was sort of the first step in this process? What was the idea that was the genesis that got this ball rolling to where we are now? So we have been, by we, I mean, Solaria and Complete Solar, we've been looking for a way to figure out how to you know, bring these companies together. This goes all the way back to last December, as in December of 21, was when we first started talking about the idea. And over the following months after that, we were really trying to figure out what the best path to capitalizing businesses was. Ultimately, we saw a huge opportunity to bring companies together and really create a one plus one equals more than two sort of a situation because of just the complementary uh, elements that we had to, to provide to each other. And so we looked at private funding options. We uh, spoke to a few different SPAC sponsors. Uh, ultimately, when we got together with the Freedom folks and presented the idea of we need to raise a $30 million bridge round up front, and then that could lead into the DSPAC, provided we had money coming in from the DSPAC. We didn't need a ton of capital. We're really asset light model, but we wanted to just make sure that we had the right capital coming in at the right time. And so, you know, from Freedom's perspective, Adam should speak for Freedom, but I think the combined story had a lot more appeal than just either one of the parts. And for us, the $30 million that we were going to jointly raise ahead of the DSPAC, which isn't something that the other SPACs we spoke to, we didn't have as much confidence that we'd be able to get there with them. Uh, on that earlier fundraise. So it is a lot to manage all at once, but we've really taken it more in serious. It's been merge the companies, raise the money, now the DSPAC. And so far, you know, we've checked off the, the first two out of that list and we have the third coming up and we feel pretty good about it too. Yeah, it's Adam here. So, I mean, from our perspective, when we engaged first with the, the companies, it was uh, end of the summer in 22, so call it kind of July, August. And by then, it was clear that both Solaria and Complete Solar knew each other very well and were almost there, but almost kind of needed a bit more of a, a catalyst to consummate their merger. And uh, so it was perfect. It was, it, was, uh, it was instantly something that we all wanted to do. And we loved the story. We felt it was very complementary to what we were trying to achieve. You know, in a difficult market, and all the ca- caveats, it's been a, a very enjoyable experience so far and, and something that we are looking forward to the future, you know, uh, with, with, with our partners here. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially because just looking at, you know, Freedom One's team, I would say is a lot more seasoned than some of the other, you know, we look at the broad, you know, the whole set of the hundreds of SPACs that are out there. 
you and your team really have a lot of deal-making experience. So I'm, I'm just curious from your perspective, when you were looking at it, I think probably some teams might be intimidated by the complexity of having basically a double merger in a sense. Was that something that you kind of, the challenge sort of excited you or was it just simply, you know, it's like, well, we know how to do this. Uh, it's a great question. I think that the answer is the following. If you can provide investors with an equity story that has genuine synergies coming through, that's very exciting. So we got very clearly the synergies by putting the pieces together. And we wanted to you know, enable our investors to participate in that. That's absolute. That's clear. But what is very complicated in a SPAC deal is having two companies merge and that be contingent on the SPAC itself listing. Because you get into a very circular reference whereby the two companies won't legally combine until the SPAC listing is consummated. But it's difficult then for the SPAC investors to back the deal because there's so much contingency. So the beauty here is that Will and his partners and the whole Capri Solaria family decided that this was a deal that they wanted to do. They wanted to merge their company. So they removed the conditionality of their merging from the SPAC deal. And at that point, that's a very, very interesting deal because those companies are merging. Those synergies will come through. And therefore, you know, listing it in the SPAC is really uh, a very interesting prospect. And so if I may, just so we are now merged as of uh, November 4th, and we are already realizing some of those synergies. So we're seeing some early successes on, on some of the things that we knew we'd be able to accomplish together. So that gives us even more momentum going into the DSPAC, as opposed to having to wait until after the DSPAC to try to start putting all that together. And then turning to the business itself, what is Complete Solaria's place in the residential solar business? What aspects of putting in residential solar panels is under the company's umbrella and what portions are not? Yeah, great question. You can think about our business somewhat unlike anybody else that's out there because we have a couple different primary revenue categories. The first and easiest to understand is we sell solar panels to solar companies and we have a differentiated product our customers really love. And so we sell those out into the typical uh, solar channels. One of the real benefits of merging the companies, though, is from Complete Solar, we bring a number of software and services that we feel like we can bundle really effectively with a hardware sale in order to really enhance that offering all the more. So in doing that, we're going to be able to generate a lot more a lot larger portion of uh, any individual installers purchases from us if we can deliver additional services that are high value to them along with the solar panel. So that's our, our first area of revenue. The second is what Complete Solar has traditionally done, which is you know, we work with sales teams as authorized resellers who go out and contract directly with homeowners on a Complete Solar contract to go solar. And then we manage all of the project fulfillment, installation, and interconnection of the system. So what that means is we are delivering a full integrated system to customers, to homeowners, and our revenue for that is the, the full system value rather than just the solar panel. And so we're maintaining both lines of business. And in actuality, one of the big merger synergies that we're starting to enjoy right now is all of those customers that came from Solaria, that were buying Solaria panels, are installers that are spread out all across the country and many in Europe, but let's just focus on the US for now. The complete solar sales partners are out there selling projects, and now they have greater geographies that they can sell those into because we're going to 
partner further with those Solveria Pro partners, become installation partners or build partners to, to actually fulfill on projects that we're contracting with directly to the customer. So think of us as providing upstream hardware to the industry, as well as certain software and services around proposals and uh, engineering and permitting, but also as more of a downstream company as well that's selling directly to consumers through specialized sales partnerships uh, and then fulfilling on those, those contracts. So we each operated in our respective areas, right? So, so Solaria sold solar panels to installers and that's it. Complete Solar contracted with homeowners, built systems, and that's it. We didn't have any of our own solar panels or anything like that. Uh, we would just buy from manufacturers like Solaria and others. Solaria very much wanted to expand beyond a hardware-only sale. And Complete Solar very much wanted to access broader and more interesting distribution channels for our services and, and delivery channels for our products. And so that's where that marriage really works for us. I mean, one way to think about that is just imagine you're the, you're the customer, okay? And what is it as a customer going solar that you want? What, what makes it appealing? If you could have someone that you trust turn up and show you exactly where your solar panels are going to be on your home to maximize the amount of light, to best position them. So really easy software that shows you exactly what that solar system is going to look like with all of the design and engineering done. That's very appealing. Can I generate a sales contract right now at the kitchen table that will allow me to move forward? That's number two. And then number three is like, can you make this process really easy for me? Can you connect me to the grid? Can you install my system? Um, can you, you know, allow me to get all my permitting done, et cetera? And can you do it quickly? And really that's what Will and Complete Solar have done fantastically over the last 10 years. They make the ability to sell solar to the homeowner very, very easy for their partners. And then for Solaria, it's like, can I build or contract manufacture beautiful designed and high-performing panels which have a special place in the industry? Like, you know, really these are top, beautifully aesthetic-looking uh, solar panels that uh, produce high-power content. And putting those two things together, then you have the whole package. Plus, I should say also that Complete have got their own financing solution. So you have what Will calls an end-to-end -end solution for the customer. All of the design, permitting, contracting, fulfillment. Now you've got beautiful solar panels, which are within the family and an ability to finance that. For us, that's a very appealing prospect. And I think that's really where the, the, the large growth is going to come from over the next year to 18 months. That gets into exactly what I wanted to kind of get into next, which is that sort of customer perspective on things. Because I saw a survey recently, I think it was in Forbes, that showed that two-thirds of U.S. homeowners expect to eventually put solar panels on their homes, but just under 4% have actually done so, or at least said that they had done so, so far. So you walk through a bit of that, but assuming someone had not heard of Complete Solaria and, and saw that the some of the solutions that you have there, like what are some of the things that are constraining people from taking that leap uh, and getting it done themselves? This is the $64 question for the entire industry. Most people, and by most, I mean 90 million homes in the U.S. could go solar today without spending anything up front and save money on their electricity bills immediately. So, you know, finance solar system, you pay less on your finance uh, payment than you do to the utility company. And it adds value to your home and it's clean and it's and, and, and. There are so many good reasons to go solar, but most people either don't realize it, that's a large number of people, that don't realize the benefits of it. Uh, you know, those two-thirds of Americans that say, yeah, I think I'll eventually go solar, most of them are still thinking, 
but that's probably a ways off in the future because it's probably expensive because I'm probably going to have to someday because you know, we have to do something about climate change, but I, it's too big of a bite to take right now for me. But people don't realize it's not a big bite. In fact, it's as simple as just signing a paper that says, I'd like to get my power from solar instead of the utility and, and pay less for it. That is not a widely held, commonly understood concept by customers today. So as a result, our job is, as a solar industry, but you know, my job specifically as a, as a solar company that's looking to lead this industry, is to go out and figure out how to access those customers and educate them on these benefits. And when we do it well, it's very obvious because customers, they instantly light up once they've kind of made that realization and, and connected all those dots and realize, wow, this is a no-brainer. Why hasn't everyone done this already? So we need to have many, many more of those moments. And you know, the way that we've built our company is to, number one, be able to take that message out to people, homeowners, consumers, through more channels, through more different directions, so that we can take the message to them in a way, at a time, and from a person that they'll be receptive. And I go into detail about that if you'd like, but, but then number two is to make sure that once they've made that decision, that we validate that decision and reinforce that good decision by doing a good job of delivering products to them and, and not making it a nightmare home renovation project, just make it a simple service provider switch from the utility to their new you know, solar generated power. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I imagine at least one piece of news that maybe got people thinking about it uh, was just simply the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. But how much does that actually impact what you guys do? And and how have some of the other macro waves we've been seeing over the last couple of years been impacting your, your deal flow and your business? Enormously, enormously. Climate change, the threat of climate change, and the need to do something more and better has always been there as something that more and more uh, people are, are really starting to become aware of. On that front, I will say it's an important point. The number one thing anyone can do to reduce their carbon footprint is go solar. Like all of the other things, you know, recycle and take the bus once a week and all these other things, that's like single digit percentage points reduction. Going solar for the average detached single family home in America uh, reduces that family's uh, carbon footprint by 40 to 45%. Electrifying your cars after that, another 33%, uh, as long as it's powered by the solar up on your roof. Like that's the number one thing anybody can do is go solar first. So other incentives and, and other macro fa factors that are um, driving tailwinds for the industry, making, making this transition to clean energy a lot more possible. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act has a lot to do with what we do. Number one, there's a, a tax credit available to consumers who, who go solar. And we have finance products that actually help them capture the value of that tax credit and just passes on the value to them to make it simple. So there's a, a 30% of the cost of the system is rebated in the form of a credit on your taxes. And that's something that exists now for the next 10 years, whereas it was set to sunset starting last year, actually. And the Inflation Reduction Act reversed that sunsetting period and increased the tax credit from 26% to 30 and extended the life of that tax credit for 10 years. There are also other incentives around manufacturing and domestic content for components of your solar system that add additional tax incentive. And that's another area where we on the manufacturing side may be able to find some real benefit. So that in the US has created a lot of incentive support for what we're doing. And then the final thing that I'll highlight is Europe has always been 
very forward thinking with as far as solar is concerned. But with the Ukraine-Russia war and the disruption to natural gas supplies and energy dependence on other countries that are not very reliable, the suppliers, at least from a geopolitical standpoint, Europe has woken up to that fact in a big way. And we're seeing a lot of demand and growth uh, in Europe. So U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, Europe, energy independence and, and uh, desire for cleaner energy, and then just overall needing to mitigate climate change. These are structural long-term factors that are going to have a big impact on this industry and our growth for the next decade plus. And so in terms of the competitive landscape, how much business does Complete Solera face uh, stiff competition for and how much of the market is fragmented? So in the U.S., 4% of the market has gone solar. That leaves 90, 96% untapped. What's the competition like? Well, there are thousands of solar companies, but there are millions and millions of prospective customers who need to go solar. Let's put this in context. There's a multi-trillion dollar opportunity in just the solar part, let alone home electrification and other kind of ancillary products and services. So yes, while there are a lot of competitors or at least a lot of solar companies out there, there's a, a lot of white space in terms of market opportunities to go after. Then in terms of your, your question about fragmentation, there are a number of larger national solar companies uh, like Complete Solaria. And then there are thousands and thousands of very small local, I didn't mean to sound pejorative, pejorative on that, but you know, much more local, smaller uh, uh, construction-oriented general contractors, solar companies that, that service a very specific geography. And the beauty of what we do at Complete Solaria is we actually capitalize on the fact that there are all of these solar installers out there who are very great builders, very good at what they do, um, but we can generate customers on a much grander scale and then work with them to actually get those customers installed. So I think complete Solaria, we, we do a good job of, of marrying scale advantages with on-the-ground local skills and available people to continue to work within our system. I think that's what we're going to see in the future. Because again, a multi-trillion dollar industry, you're not going to see one or two or three companies be able to dominate that space and, and everybody else wash out. It's going to take a, a real legion of companies to service that. And what we're really trying to do is we're trying to be what connects all of them together and lead the, tra- the energy transition in that way. When we, when we look at the market opportunity here, for us, this is just in its infancy. I mean, you can ask yourself, what does a market look which is slightly more mature than the U.S.? And you could look at something like Australia that has a higher penetration rate, something like 29% penetration rate, but that market is also growing. So the US at 4% right now, but those macro factors, I think that there's levels. It's, it's not even when it takes all, it's a very compelling growth opportunity, which is still at its infancy. Right. So would you say that this merger is the beginning of a broader consolidation play? And what do deals look like in the residential solar space from a valuation standpoint? So to be really specific or clear, Complete Solaria is not looking for a roll-up consolidation strategy for ourselves. I do think that there's more consolidation that will happen, broadly speaking, but we're not trying to do a roll-up strategy. So just, just so that that point is clear. I think there will always be a place for 
the local contractor he was, he was selling soap, was selling soap. So at the same time, there's a major element to this to this business that is scalable, or, or that that benefits from scale advantage, from lead generation to customer generation, internal software systems, controls, centralized services, customer support. All of these elements are things that we do at Complete Solaria, and then we partner with companies to perform other parts of the value chain that are, are less scale, uh, such as the actual installation labor. You know, we're not trying to build a, a nationwide construction company that goes and, and performs installations on thousands of homes a month. Rather, we're trying to partner with hundreds of construction companies so that the thousands of customers that we ultimately will generate can get good service, good, good fulfillment from the local supplier while we manage the whole process. So, you know, I, I, I do think there will always be a place for that. So, no, I don't think it's going to be a four or five companies operating at massive scale and, and not having any room for, for smaller companies in, 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 in the landscape. Got it. So I'm interested to hear if there are any types of products or services that are not currently a part of the complete Solaria package that you're looking to integrate over the medium term. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yes, of course there are. So I'm going to break it down into two categories. The first is primarily services to the industry. So as I said, we have a hardware offering and some software and services that we're bundling with that. So we have a system design quotation proposal tool that, uh, that Adam highlighted that people can subscribe to uh, and service around that for sales support and proposal generation. We have another service for uh, designing permitting packages that we also sell to other solar companies or or they subscribe to that service and and we perform those services for them for a fee. There's a lot more that we can do on the software and and particularly as we're thinking about bundling with our hardware options. So there are more things that we can offer to the industry from that perspective as as one potential uh, line of revenue. Uh, In addition to that, though, the second category are consumer products. So today we offer a hardware solution through our installer partners and then directly to consumers, whole integrated uh, solar systems. Some of them that include uh, battery storage hardware as well. We also have quite a bit in installing electric vehicle charging stations along with the solar. And some of the ways that we are going to market, I mentioned sales partners. You know, we have partners that are in home security or HVAC, heating and air conditioning, uh, or roofers. And so we've actually begun to also offer some roofing services. We haven't done any heating and air conditioning products yet. Converting homes to, to using electric heat pumps instead of natural gas furnaces. Because one of the common questions that we get from our customers is, hey, this is great. I'm saving a ton of money on my electricity, but what can you do about the natural gas? And so there's, a, there's an entire second half of their utility bill that, that we could address by helping them to electrify their home, which also addresses the carbon footprint issue, again, as we, as we highlighted before, and a, a combination of electrification of driving and solar. You know, those two products go together very nicely. And so we see ourselves more and more generating additional sales to customers by, uh, by offering them some of these other products and, and guiding them along the, their transition uh, to an all-electric home. 
Great. Yeah, that makes sense. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Freedom One's process a little bit here, Adam, too, and that, you know, this deal has a lot of things that, you know, we don't always see in some of the, the SPAC transactions over the past couple of years, and that it is a, you know, target company that's you know, quite matured and scaled and from a revenue standpoint. And so I mentioned just to ask, sort of what, what was your criteria like, and, and what were some of the things you were trying to avoid while you were looking at uh, the opportunities out there? Yeah, it's a great question. Primarily, we were looking for a great management team that could execute. I mean, it kind of starts and finishes there. There's plenty of interesting opportunities and, you know, things that you can get sucked into. But if you don't have the right management team, if you don't have the right quality of people to execute, invariably it's going to go wrong. And, and, I, and that's obviously happened in the primary markets, not necessarily SPACs, it could be IPOs as well. So we believe we found a great management team. And the other thing we were looking for was a, a secular growth story, something that doesn't grow two or three years with a big bump and a, something which really you could bank on for the next 10 to 20 years as having growth. And then lastly, we were looking for something with really healthy unit economics that provided a real service for customers, you know, something that they really needed and that had a genuine place in the economy. So, yeah, we looked, I mean, we had a very extensive search. I mean, TJ, my partner, has a, he has an amazing network. We looked at stuff in Asia. We looked at things in Latin America. We looked at the US, looked in Europe. I mean, we really kind of had a very, very global search. And, um, you know, quite honestly, at certain times during that search, we found some great companies, but not all of those criteria were ticked. Certainly the first one wasn't ticked. And um, it was, you know, if you're going to do, I think, a SPAC deal, You've got one bullet. You need to be very sure that that bullet is the right one. You don't fire it at the right time. And um, we avoided, thankfully, many circumstances that would have turned out badly for us and our shareholders. We kept our nerve, which we feel great about. And, and here we are. It's a bit late. You know, it took us, took us a while. We're kind of bumping up to our two-year anniversary here. So we have to seek, seek an extension. And um, that we will do. But... For us, it was 100% worth it uh, because, uh, you know, better, better to end up with a really high quality company, which has got real revenues, a real franchise, real footprint, great growth prospects. TJ Rogers is a world-renowned investor and a, honestly someone who has got a great track record. We were very keen to, uh, to, to engage with him. So, yeah, um, look, we feel good about it. Lots of work to do. Uh, we're, not, we're not complacent about markets and how difficult SPAC deals are or any kind of primary deal in these markets, IPO volumes are also very, very, very weak. So, uh, but we feel good about where we are and we're very excited about the future. Yeah, that's what I wanted to touch on next too, as well, in just terms of what, you know, you're having lots of uh, conversations with investors now, and you were able to just announce some some additional uh, financing, but just sort of, you know, how have the financing conditions progressed, I would say? I mean, obviously, we had a rough end to 2022. What's sort of the mood that you're, you're sensing now in conversations as we are, you know, going further into 2023? 2022 was tough. The back end of 22 was tough. Not only were markets difficult and primary volumes were way down, but also you had the year-end effect and just a multiple contraction still. So I think I've spent many years in capital markets. That's among the most difficult, one of the most difficult periods anyone can imagine, especially when you're trying to raise capital. But what we did, our strategy was to go and see people after we announced the BCA with a very clear strategy of what we were trying to do, and you've heard it from us today, um, we, we, you know, we went relatively broad. We, we actually had very encouraging discussions during that period. And people had reasonably high risk aversion because markets were so difficult. But it felt to us that you know, people were genuinely interested in this story. 
and that this was something, this was a SPAC deal or you know, a, a deal of the right type of quality that they hadn't seen in a long time. And honestly, that gave me a lot of confidence that, that, that we were, that, you know, we were going to make significant advancement on our deal. So, um, yeah, to, you know, conditions generally have been difficult. You see, we've announced a fantastic add-on to our uh, investor base this morning, actually, with John Doerr coming into the capital structure. It feels better, the start of 23. I mean, we had something like 140 people on our uh, investor call this morning. Again, those are good indications that there's very broad willingness from the market to take a good look at this deal, do the work to engage multiple fund managers. We had something like 35, maybe 40 research analysts on the call. So clearly, you know, having, having good quality research coverage is very important here and we're making good progress there. So look, I mean, we're approaching it, I think, in a very measured way. We feel very good that this is a real company with a real story and deserves a good place in the public markets. And uh, I'm confident we're going to get my career has been focused on private capital raises. And uh, and I've raised quite a lot of, of private capital. And back half of 22 was really tough. And what I'm really encouraged about, though, is after bringing the companies together, completing the merger, gaining a little bit of traction on you know those merger synergies, bringing on a few other smaller investors. TJ Rogers, who Adam mentioned, is not a small investor. He's a large investor. He's, he's you know, one of our largest in the company. Uh, you know, continued to, to put capital in. Tijan and Adam and the, the Freedom sponsors are not only invested through Freedom, but they're also invested directly in the company in that bridge round that I highlighted. Further uh, operational traction, we had a great Q4. And now just having closed significant tranche of capital from John Doerr, who is you know, a legendary investor, particularly in the Silicon Valley area where, where, where I come from. You know, he is the consummate Silicon Valley investor. We're gaining more and more traction every day, and these things do start building. And so that's what's giving me a lot of confidence. Uh, Q1 is going to be Q4. More, more investment is coming. And then we're, we're going to end up at the DSPAC, I think, in a really great place uh, sometime in Q2. So from a technology standpoint, what do you think is the most exciting new thing that you see coming in the residential solar space? You know, what's interesting is the solar panels that we're using today aren't that different from solar panels from even 20 and 30 years ago. They're more efficient. Manufacturing standards are higher. You know, the quality is higher. We, we, we make incremental improvements every year. And so what we're doing at Solaria, at Solaria with our shingling technology, you know, it is one of the few differentiated products that are out there. We have some opportunities, I think, to really still find that next step function improvement. Uh, because like I said, it's all been incremental for the last dozens of years uh, at, at this point. I mentioned TJ Rogers. He's involved in a couple of other companies. You know, we actually have some joint research projects underway where we're looking at things like better light spectral capture. There's a technology around perovskite, which probably is outside of the scope of this uh, conversation to get into. But there is quite a bit of interest in finding that next step function improvement in efficiency and power output for solar panels. And I'll say at Complete Solaria, we're right at the forefront of, of that research. But then, you know, the other side of it is, is we also just have, we have a product that works really well for a market that is 
highly underpenetrated already. So we really, where, where the biggest gains are going to be is, is just in getting more of the product that we have out into the market. And Will, would you say also that there's a really interesting consumer retention piece at the back end? When the system's built, the consumer's going to be able to see how much power they generate, what sort of savings, you know, what does it cost to charge my car, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everything kind of, they'll have access to that instantly, right, via extended software. Yeah, without question. So, um, you know, we'll be releasing our consumer app that integrates all of that information. And in months and quarters to come, we'll add additional features and services that just makes it really simple to manage all of your home energy and energy needs to automate most of that so you don't actually have to think about it. And you can just see from your app there things work great.